0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Beef Up Front podcast here on Pickswap Media. Show is Ryan Coyle, joined by Joe Komets. for our last weekly show of the season for the College Football Show. Uh, from now on, after this, we'll excitingly, I guess you could say, be transitioning into full-time college basketball once a week. But then we will also have our College Playoff preview episode, as well as our national title preview. Those will be you know, smaller episodes than we've been giving you each and every week, but we'll have our full college basketball where we do the best 10 games of the weekend. Uh, don't go as in-depth as we do on the football sometimes, but it's been a, a fun ride over these past 14 weeks here, Joe. Uh, starting back in week zero, breaking down Nebraska-Northwestern when Northwestern beat Nebraska in Ireland and then failed to come to the United States and win a game the rest of the season. And now here we are, conference title weekend. A lot of good games, not as good, I think, maybe as years past. But still, I think there's some potential for a lot of chaos. And I don't think the playoff field is anywhere near set in stone yet. So we got a lot to break down. Welcome back, Joe. And how are we?
1: I'm fantastic, Beef. You know, plenty of chaos, you know, is up for grabs, like you said. I mean, last year, well, you and I had like our worst weeks by far picking. Mm -hmm. When we did conference championship um, weekend last year kind of already looking through my picks out of the 10 games I've picked eight um, favorites based off of the spread maybe not necessarily to cover but um, I've picked eight favorites to win so you know you can already see that going you know south pretty quickly but um, I mean I'm. A, this is this is it this is now you know we're going to see who's going to be in the playoff this is kind of the last Gasp for certain teams as well, you know, like USC sitting there at four. I know we'll get into that in a minute, but um, I'm really excited. This is a chance too, you know. You'll also have an opportunity to watch teams like UTSA, who's ten and two, having a great season coming off of last year's great run. You know, you're gonna have a New Year's Six participant with the winner UCF Tulane, which we we'll get into a little bit later. Tulane having their best season since 1999. So a lot of great football, a lot of exciting football. Um, around the country this weekend. Uh, let's dive right into it.
0: All right. Before we hit into the games, real quick, the rankings came out. Recording this on Tuesday after the rankings. You got one Georgia undefeated, two Michigan undefeated, three TCU undefeated. They are all obviously in their conference title games. They'll all they are all in win and in scenarios. And you have four USC. I assume is a win and in as well. And then five Ohio State. I thought that they might have fell behind Alabama, and then you have. Uh, but then you have Alabama sitting there at six. Obviously, if all four of these top four teams win and in, obviously, conference title weekend could have something to say about that. What do you see as the scenario potentially, Joe, for this top four teams not getting in? Um, I think Georgia and Michigan will be in regardless, win or lose their conference title game, but. USC, if they lose, I don't think will be in. And TCU, I think, would be close. Uh, What's your opinion on that before we get into these games real quick?
1: Uh, Yeah, Beef, I kind of agree with you there. I think if USC loses, they're done. They'll put in Ohio State at four and have them play Georgia. Um, If if just TCU lost and USC won, I could see them just putting Ohio State at four. If both TCU and USC lose – that's where the committee starts to have a discussion. Like one lost TCU that made it all the way to their conference title game. And even though they lost to Kansas state, they have a win over Kansas state from earlier in the year or a two loss Bama who didn't even win their division. This is where like Bama's sitting here at six Tennessee at seven, I think is kind of a joke. You know, if you're going off the head to head stuff, granted, you know, Tennessee has a loss to South Carolina, But they also hottest team in the country. I was gonna say hottest team in the country. They clearly rewarded that by putting Clemson only down to nine, only dropping them one spot. And then, you know, they also lost to the number one team in the country, whereas Alabama has a loss to the seven and now fourteen with LSU at nine and three. But if LSU loses again to Georgia, Bama has a loss to a four loss team on their schedule, just like South Carolina is with Tennessee. So, I mean, I don't know how you can justify that. And maybe if that happens, the committee might say, well, wait a minute. Uh, uh, Tennessee also smoked LSU and beat Bama. And Bama, that's kind of their biggest win they're hanging on to, or that biggest result is that LSU game. Their biggest win is, I mean, Mississippi State, who's 24th? Like Alabama really hasn't, you know, if you look through the schedule, Texas at 20, like – Alabama hasn't really impressed. It's just, oh, well, you know, they've lost two games close.
0: But well, final play.
1: I was gonna say, but you can also make the argument a couple plays go differently too. They're a five and five football team. So
0: mm-hmm. that would be it would be, I think, a better overall product if we found a way to get Georgia, Bahama at one four and then Michigan, Ohio State rematch at two three. That would be
1: yeah, I mean, th- there is a real the viewing, possibility. The
0: viewings, the viewings for that, would I think it would be the highest rated playoff ever.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. Just because of the brands alone, it would definitely be up there. Like, I wouldn't rule out the SEC Big Ten Invitational. I really wouldn't yeah. rule it out. Why not? Why? <laughs> but also, like, how awesome would that be to see Ohio State get another crack at Michigan? Not Bama. Screw Bama. But um, I think Georgia would smoke Bama. That. But that's a conversation for if we get there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, we'll be finding out live at the beef up front tailgate at noon on Sunday. So that will be an exciting time for uh, everyone will be huddled around your phone, Joe. You're the the diagnosed man for that job. Uh, But now we got 10 games to get into. We won't be going as in-depth as we usually do on our five, but we have our 10 conference title games, all the Power Five and the Group of Five, as well as our Best Bet and Upset Special from those games. Uh, We'll start off on Friday night. The Friday night game you mentioned already, Joe, Conference USA, you got – North Texas at 7-5 at UTSA, who's 10-2, 7-30 on CBS Sports Network. UTSA minus 8 in this one, over under 66.5.
1: Shout out to Roadrunners. Great season last year, you know, went under the radar. They ended up, um, I think, what, they were 11-1. They finished in the top 25 for the college football playoff. I think they lost in their bowl game, but I do know that they were uh, 11-1 in the regular season. They won the conference title. They finished 12-1 after that um a great year they kind of came out of nowhere in a year where if cincinnati doesn't exist they you know had a path to maybe be a new year six team but that cincinnati team was just so great um but shout out the roadrunners having a quiet another great season have a chance to finish again 12 and 2 if they win out if they win their you know their conference title game win their bowl game and you know no one's talking about the roadrunners um not really a lot of analysis in this because i won't lie i haven't watched a second of either of these two teams. Um, But UTSA, the one thing they have in the back of their mind, the one thing keeping them from perfection last year was North Texas. Even though they beat them earlier in the regular season, that still sits in the back of their head, and I guarantee you they're going to come pissed off. And I believe the Conference USA does it as in UTSA is hosting, right? They don't do neutral.
0: This is at at the Alamo Dome.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a bumping crowd. They do get up for UTSA because that's kind of the only football show in town in San Antonio. They also have a pro-ready stadium. I mean, that's a great atmosphere for that uh, university to have. Uh, So give me the Roadrunners here, 42-31. So covering that eight-point spread, and I'm taking the over of 66.5.
0: I like UTSA here too. I'll take them 38-28, UTSA minus eight, under 66.5. Uh, Roadrunners, best team in the conference. They did win that regular season matchup, like you said, Joe, 31-27. I think the difference in this one will be the Roadrunners' rush defense, allowing 149 yards per game, which isn't great, but they're facing a really good North Texas rushing attack that's averaging a little bit over 200 yards per game. I think this is a stable enough rushing defense to kind of slow that mean green attack, Um, and if they're able to stabilize that, that's really – what makes him go on offense? The UTSA quarterback is is getting some potential pro looks as well. Um, it, it pays off to have a guy like that in these big games. So I'll take US, UTSA to win, to cover, uh, but the under to hit there by that half point. Second game of the week, maybe the one I'm looking forward to the most. This is a, a real fun Friday night one. I think this is going to be a really good battle here. Pac-12 title game, number 11, Utah, who's 9-3, and three, versus number 4, USC, who is 11-1. Eight o'clock on Fox, USC minus two and a half over under 67.
1: Yeah, you could definitely make the argument that, that um, this is the biggest conference title game of the week, at least the most exciting. You know, you can make the same argument for one that's coming up uh, up next. But uh I have USC winning this game 45-42. I just think Caleb Williams at this point won't be denied. And I mean, USC all season long was kind of shaky going into their last two regular season games, they had their two biggest tests with UCLA and Notre Dame, both top 25 teams. Now you get a chance to go to the Pac-12 title game to avenge your only loss on the season by one point on the road. They win this game. They avenge their loss. They'll lock up a playoff spot. Could potentially get a three seed. I guarantee you USC, even though they might not say it out loud, is hoping if they win, they'll be watching the next day. They'll be the biggest Kansas State fans in America. Because, I mean, this is no disrespect to Michigan. I know Nate Kreitzer will, you know, and his dad will tweet at me and call me out on Twitter. But I would still rather play Michigan than Georgia right now. Um, that being said, um, 45-42 here, USC is my final. So I'll take him to cover of the two and a half. I'll take the over of 67. And, I mean, not much else to say. But I believe we've talked about USC the past two weeks. I won't go crazy in depth on them. Um, Utah just kind of seems like they're – Utah just seems like they're perennially going to get to, like the bar to the next level, but they won't be able to get over it. It just mm-hmm. seems like right when they have a chance to take that next leap, they just can't do it, and they they, they always end up playing spoiler. It's like uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Like they just can't get over that hump, and I think they're going to fall short again. Um, it's going to be a close game late. I feel like Cam Rising is going to try to do a bit too much late turnover. Trojans here, in the game-winning field goal.
0: Yeah, USC is in a great spot here with the game being on Friday night because it's they win, they know they're in, and then like you said, they can go out and just watch and root for Kansas State to win on, on uh Saturday to get that or to knock TCU most likely out, or at least TCU down to four. Um, but like you said, Utah I think is used to playing that spoiler role, and I'm gonna ride with them here. I'm gonna take them to win this one outright. Thirty one twenty eight over USC. So Utah plus two and a half under sixty seven. Caleb Williams is awesome. Uh, Having watched USC, I'm not going to lie, most of the times I've had a few drinks in me. Last Saturday, I watched the game completely not drinking at all, completely sober that night, and really kind of just focused in on that game watching USC. Uh, And he was awesome, but I think he kind of needs a a slice of humble pie and needs a good crack to the face from, from one of these opponents. Um, he was out there being all flashy, trying to be Patrick Mahomes, running backwards, 50 yards, running around. Then I'll throw a completion that will wind up being for five yards, but it'll be on the highlight reel because it was a 25 second play. And I think that's something that the Utes are going to see all week. And under Kyle Whittingham, what they've done the best has just been a really physical uh, program. And I think they're going to be out to get him in this one, give him a few not say cheap shots, but maybe a, a hit or two after the whistle, just kind of let him, let him know, like, you're not going to be able to pull off all that bullshit on us this week. I know it's really hard to beat teams twice in one year, but Lincoln Riley, when you look back at him, all the times he's made it to the playoffs, he's matched up against a more physical team, and that's where he struggled. Um, and I think that's why the Big Ten might be a bit of an adjustment for them as they're used to playing this flashy style air raid type of offense. Now you got to play some big boys, which they've already lost to this year, a physical team. I think that kind of – that spells some problems for them in this one. Cam Rising is a very experienced quarterback. He had his way with USC in the first go-round, three touchdowns on the ground in that one. Um, This was a team coming into the year I had penciled in as a playoff team with Utah, and if you lose this game, you lose four games on the year, I think that the season definitely gets deemed a disappointment. But if you knock off USC here – Pretty much eliminate them from making the playoffs and you win the Pac-12 title as as Utah, not USC or UCLA or one of these bigger, you know, more uh, luxurious schools with more money. You do this at Utah. That's a a really good historic season for them. So um, I'm going to take the U-tier back-to-back Pac-12 champions, knock off USC and eliminate them from the playoffs. So give me Utah 31, USC 28, Utah plus two and a half and then under 67 there. So with my prediction so far, USC will be out of the playoff. You have them winning, so they would be in. Now we go to Saturday, another game that's going to have big implications in the playoffs. That's the Big 12 title game kicking off at noon. You got number 10 Kansas State at 9-3 and three versus number 3 TCU at 12-0. 12 o'clock on ABC, uh, TCU minus 2.5 over under 62. I think TCU has been, in a positive way, the surprise team of the year, Joe.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, Before I get into this game of coil, how awesome would it be if this was the year for the 12-team playoff? You have Kansas State at 10, Utah at 11. The 12 seed would be the winner of Tulane UCF because that's how they would do this with the six auto bids. Um, And you'd basically have them playing elimination games with Washington and Florida State sitting at the first two out being like, you know, one of these two things breaks our way all of a sudden. Florida state might be, you know, getting in the playoff. Like it's just crazy that that's a possibility. Um, But sadly we're going to have to wait. And I think Bama being out will accelerate this thing because Bama will not be too happy about missing out on the playoff. Um, But anyways, give me Kansas state here, 24, 21 over TCU. As much as I want to say the Horned Frogs are the team of destiny. I I mean, I, I can't say that they are like they're due for a loss they've had so many games this year where i was kind of you know ragging on bama before for saying they could be five and five tcu could be like four and eight if a couple things break differently they had a stretch of like six games where they injured the starting quarterback for the teams they played against like it, it's just crazy the luck that they've had um this season and um i i not once again, TCU has been on a lot this year. Kansas State's been on a lot. Kansas State, I just feel like, it's a more physical team. TCU was very big play oriented, flashy offenses. Um, even against Texas, you know, I know they won a physical slugfest, but even in that game, they had two kind of broken pass throws that ended up being touchdowns. Like, if the big plays aren't there, TCU doesn't really scare me. So, that being said, give me the Wildcats sitting at number 10 that loss to Tulane earlier in the year is really coming back to kill him because especially this year with the playoffs, this would have opened the door for a potential two-loss conference champ to sneak in. Mm -hmm. But um, that being said, not the case. Kansas State will win this game and finish like sixth, and they'll be like, we were right there. But uh, shout out to Wildcats on a great season. Um, And, yeah, 24-21. So Kansas State to cover, obviously, and then the under of 62.
0: Yeah, obviously, it's good to win a conference championship. You'll take that anytime, but they win this. I think they enter next year as a top four team, like a one of the favorite, probably the favorite out of the Big 12, because you do have Will Howard coming back, who has really taken off since being given kind of the full time starting gig over these last few weeks as Adrian Martinez has uh, dealt with those injuries. I like Kansas State to win this one as well, Joe. 31 30. Kansas State plus two and a half, and then under 62 there. Um, I was calling all year, it seemed like, for TCU to have that setback. Then the last few weeks, I kind of rode them. Uh, But I think that setback is still in line, and I think that's this week. They have answered the bell each and every time all year. Vegas has disrespected them each and every game. It seems like they were seven-point dogs against Texas. They were two-and-a-half-point favorites against Baylor. Only two-and-a-half-point favorites here in a team that they beat already earlier in the year by 10. They've just gotten no respect all year, and it wouldn't surprise me to see them continue to silence the doubters. But I just think that the setbacks here and the fallout chaos is upon us. I have the prediction of USC and TCU both losing, opening the door potentially for Alabama and Ohio State to make it in. Um, I think Will Howard, though, continues to stand out play. He proves that he does have a potential to be a pro quarterback And I think Cinderella's glass slipper falls off. The Magic has to run out. At some point, if it doesn't run out here, I think it runs out with a 21-point or more loss to Georgia. I think Georgia will probably be at least a 17- or 18-point favorite in that game. Um, But give me Kansas State here, 31-30. Instead of TCU winning on a last-second play like they've done a few times this year, I'll take the Wildcats with a last-second kick to win it. So Kansas State 31, TCU 30. Uh, Wildcats win the Big 12, and I believe, Joe, to give you some credit, I think you said at the beginning of the year they were one of your sleeper teams?
1: Yes, I had two. I had them in Minnesota. Minnesota, although they were alive for the Big Ten West literally until the last week, but they still didn't have a great year. Um, Yeah, but I said they were going to be a playoff threat because I I, I didn't think, if you told me the preseason that Tulane was going to go in and beat Kansas State, I would have said no way. But now here we are with Tulane being as good as they are. Um, but yeah, no Kansas State. Like they were a sleeper team, and even if they lose this game, they're going to be in a good bowl game, not a New Year Six because I think they'll be too low ranked. But they will be in a pretty solid bowl game. For actually, no, if they lose, I think the Big Twelve would give them their auto bid, so they would be in the Fiesta Bowl. I believe, could be wrong.
0: But um, too much, too much scenarios.
1: Yeah, not doing this right now.
0: All right. We got uh, two group of five games here back to back. We'll hit on these quickly. We got some action the MAC title game Toledo at seven and five versus Ohio at nine and three. This is another noon kickoff on ESPN. Toledo minus three over under 58. Uh, quick thoughts on this game, Joe?
1: Ohio 31, Toledo 28. I'm taking Ohio to cover the two and a half point spread. Um, honestly, not a lot to say. Um, I think I saw Toledo play one action game and they lost and I bet on them. So I'm picking against them. That's all I got.
0: I got Ohio winning. I got them winning pretty comfortably. I'll take them 35, 27. So Ohio plus three over 58. I like the upset in this one. Ohio is one of the Mac teams I have seen, or at least have had money on throughout the season where I've been kind of tracking them through throughout games. And if we know one thing about them from that one. I believe it was your best bet. The one week it was Fordham ohio the over in that game this team can move the ball it can score the ball they're putting up over 30 points a game uh they also haven't lost since october 1st and they're playing their best ball at the right time so i also have a better record than toledo i know they haven't played they played a pretty weak non-conference but uh give me ohio in this one i think it's their time to claim that mac title go to the sun belt now you have coastal carolina who sits at nine and two they didn't play uh, one game this year, due to Virginia being their opponent, and that was the week of the unfortunate shooting. So they're sitting there at only 11 games played this year, and they're playing uh, 10 and two. Troy 3:30 on ESPN for the Sun Belt title game. Troy minus nine over under 47 and a half.
1: For those who don't know, James Madison won the Sun Belt East this year. Their first year coming up from the FCS, one AA to FBS full-time D1 football. But because of a stupid NCAA rule, they're not allowed to play in the postseason. That includes the conference championship game, and they cannot play in a bowl game, even though I believe they also finish 9-2 with a better sunbelt record than Coastal. They beat Coastal handily to end the season. So justice for James Madison. I'm taking Troy, 27-14. This is a big ball-don't-lie moment, especially without Grayson McCall for Coastal Carolina. Going to Troy, who's 10 and 2, has a chance, you know, when you have a chance to win 12 games in a season, that's a very impressive stat. They'll probably finish if they win this game. I wouldn't be surprised if the playoff committee maybe throws them a bone and just puts them at like 25th, because I think they deserve it. They will at least Troy, if they win out, be 12 and 2. I think they'll be ranked in the final AP poll to end the season. So shout out the Trojans. Taking a minus nine. I'm taking the under 47 and a half.
0: Yeah, when I saw that Troy was sitting at 10 and 2, and I saw Georgia Tech hired today their interim coach to be their full time head coach, I was kind of surprised by that. I know he went four and four with them, but I thought I'm not even sure who the Troy coach is off the top of my head, but leading Troy to 10 and 2 and down there in that South region, he probably has some pretty good connections with the recruiting. I thought maybe they should have given that coach headlock. I assume. If this Troy head coach isn't getting a new job this year, I assume he will be on the list at some of the top of the, these teams lists coming into next year. I have them winning this Sunbelt title game 20 to 13 over Coastal. Uh, so I'll take Coastal plus nine under 47 and a half. The big thing here is Grayson McCall, one of the more underrated quarterbacks, I guess you could say, or least talked about quarterbacks that is awesome in college football just due to playing at Coastal in the uh, group of five. He will not be playing in this game and that really changes the entire dynamic. He really has been the heart and soul kind of of this program the past few years. Remember they had that awesome game a few years ago against uh, future Jets Hall of Fame quarterback Zach Wilson in that back and forth BYU Coastal game. Uh, but just with with no McCall in the lineup, I don't see the a path for the Chanticleers to win this one. Also, Joe Troy is a Hail Mary in that App State game away from being 11 and 1. So, one of the best group of five teams in the country.
1: Yeah, Coyle, honestly, I kind of for, that. Feels like it was years ago. Yeah, remember App State? Remember how they were a story? They
0: mm-hmm. finished
1: six and six with two wins yeah. over FCS schools. I don't know. I don't know what happened to App State. They beat AM. I know AM obviously had a bad year, but oh my gosh, like I remember thinking App State, I'm like, that team's going to be a New Year's 6 team this year. Mm-hmm. And now they're now Troy is sitting here. <laughs> what else did they lose to? I'm pulling up their schedule right now.
0: I, I think it was like, Ole miss.
1: Yes, 28-10 to Ole miss.
0: Week one, I, mean, I you,
1: you could honestly make an argument if Troy doesn't lose on that Hail Mary, like you said, Coyle. Well, Troy might be, you know, we might have been here sitting, oh, you know, depending on what happens to the American, Troy might be going to a New Year's Six game, but
0: it might have been to ranked, least, too.
1: Yeah, I think I think they would have definitely at eleven and one, it'd be tough to keep it. Even if you play a D two schedule, eleven and one, you deserve to be at least twenty-fifth.
0: All right. Uh back to some big boy games. We go to the SEC now. Number fourteen LSU sitting at nine and three after last week's disappointing loss to Texas AM knocked them out of their long shot, I guess you could say chance of the playoff, but still they had a they had a clear path there. They'll be playing number one, Georgia at twelve and 0, Four o'clock on CBS, Georgia minus sixteen and a half over under fifty-one.
1: I mean, I know it was a look-ahead spot, but you can't go into 4 win AM A&M at the time. And it's not like they lost on like a field. They were handled the entire game. Like that game was just A&M kind of had control the entire time. Um, I just feel like this is one of those losses. Like year one, Brian Kelly is just going great, especially after that Florida State loss, how you turned it around. But I mean – that's a gut punch. Like the wind is kind of out of the sails there at LSU. I have them covering the 16 and a half. I have Georgia winning 33 to 20. I also have the over 51, which I'm not a fan of. I'll probably stay away from that in real life, but I'll give the pick of 51 here. Um, This Georgia team just seems loaded. And this is a Georgia team people forget did not win the SEC last year. Alabama did beat them. And all jokes aside, if that didn't happen, Notre Dame would have been in the playoff last year. But um, Georgia, you know, is playing pissed off. They're looking at a, at a field where, I mean, even like, you know, besides Michigan, TCU is not – doesn't scare me. And USC, you know, if you can contain Caleb Williams, they don't scare me, um, especially with Travis Dye being injured. Um, so give me the Bulldogs here, and I feel like this is going to prop them up for a back-to-back run.
0: Yeah, I like Georgia here too, Joe, and I like them to cover. I like them to win 37-20, so minus 16.5 and over 51. Um, I Still, though, year one under Brian Kelly after losing that pretty crazy week one game to Florida State, it's very impressive for them to kind of rebound. It sounded like a bunch of guys hated him at the beginning of the season. There was a bunch of talk about some of their top players entering the transfer portal, and they've really righted the ship and turned this around. Even if they lose this game 9-4, and see what happens in a bowl game, I don't really – count those as much anymore just because of the you know lack of players playing in them due to opt-outs but still I think this was a a really good year one and if they can make this a ball game that's something that I think they really can hang their hats on going into the offseason Georgia just at another level than them right now I wouldn't be surprised to see these two teams back at it again next year I like the Tigers, though, to make this pretty interesting and cover the halftime spread. I like whatever that play would be. I think it would probably be plus eight. I didn't see what it exactly was, but I think that they go into this game at halftime down by uh, under a touchdown. But I think Georgia and their experience prevails in the end, and Georgia enters the college football playoff as the number one team in the country, which they've been for for most of the year. So give me Georgia minus 16.5 and over 51. Go to the American now, a rematch from a game we had on the show a few weeks ago. Number 22 UCF at 9-3. and three. At number 18 Tulane, 10-2. and two. After all that nonsense that went down last week on the show that we talked about with the seating or the who plays who, where, uh, this one will be decided on ABC at 4 o'clock. Tulane minus 3 over under 57.5. And, and before we get into that, Cincinnati head coach Luke Fickle leaves cincinnati to go to wisconsin if cincinnati had won this week or won last week do you think he still would have left or at least the process would have just been delayed uh i was kind of the, the timing of that was weird it sounded like it, the deal was set in stone on like friday but i think he would have coached this week if they were hosting that title game
1: yeah i think it would have been delayed until at least before the bowl game because that's normally when you see the coaches leave. But um, this was kind of – it kind of would have been a similar situation called the Billy Napier last year, uh, Louisiana Lafayette. They announced he was going to Florida, but then he said he was going to still coach the conference title game. And then – He
0: wound up not coaching it, right?
1: I, I don't know. I think he might have actually. Or I think he wasn't going to and then he did last minute. I don't know. That's a last year thing that we probably went in this exact same style of conversation in last year's conference title preview show. Um, but Tulane, I think, is going to win this game 42-38 because of two things. One, revenge factor. They lost earlier in the year at home to UCF. Two, their coach was rumored to take the Georgia Tech job. That ended up falling through last minute, their coach saying, no, I'm staying. That is huge. That's a huge boost of confidence. Um, I'm really upset that I'm blanking on the running back's name, but he's a machine. He got invited to the Senior Bowl. Um, He's probably going to be first – team all conference at running back. I'm really mad. I'm forgetting his name. Um, But give me the green wave here, 42 to 38. Um, I think UCF and Gus Malzahn are like a year away. The problem is that next year they're going to the big 12 where they're taking a step up in competition. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how they do going forward. But um, this is huge for Tulane in terms of the future of their program. because if they can win the conference and they can start telling recruits hey the three best teams are all leaving to go to the Big 12 we are going to have a chance to run this new conference i mean that's something that you know will definitely help with the recruits you know especially being in the new orleans area um i'm surprised they don't actually have at least more competitive teams i'm not saying playoff contenders or new year's six contenders but at least competing for bowl eligibility, Tulane for most of our lives, Coil has been kind of like a laughing stock. in all honesty. So I think this this is great for the green wave, and this is great for the American because they can start posting other schools on their commercial that doesn't involve the UConn teams that won national titles there in the Big East, Cincinnati going to the playoff when they're gone, UCF and Houston winning New Year's Six games, now they're gone. So, I mean, I think this is big for the future of the conference, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some people behind the scenes – like the conference commissioner, secretly rooting for Tulane.
0: Yeah, that running back is Tajay Spears, 181 yards and two touchdowns last week. But back to recruiting Tulane, they're like a better academic version of Coastal, like a huge party school, but they're also like great academic school. So I guess it's kind of hard with that. But like you said, Joe, if they can sell their recruits on conference champion and the coach – Turned down a, a pretty big job to stay here. We'll see if that's for long term, but I think that's a, another feather in their cap. There, um, I'm going to take Tulane to win this one. With a big reason being the coach returning, just like you said, uh, I think that's a, a big, big thing, big boost of confidence for these guys. I'll take them 33-31. A little bit unsure for this head-to-head, so I'll take UCF to cover that plus three, over uh, 57 and a half hit in there. Haven't really had a good read on this conference all year, but I think that's fun and just kind of an exciting way to go about this. It's been uh, very competitive and very relevant conference this year for the American. And they've played on the national stage like a few times. They've had some standalone like night weekday games that, that have provided some pretty good en- entertainment for the college football viewer. Um, And they've been against each other, especially just like going back and forth. It was like Cincinnati kind of ran this conference top to bottom last year. This year, it's been a nice little battle at the top of the conference. So I think that's been a a good way for this conference, for what we've known it as over these past almost decade now, I guess, for uh, to be a good way to go out. And I think uh, shaping up to be a really nice American conference title game before these guys do. Wind up the big boys do wind up going over to the Big 12. I think we're gonna be in store for a, a nice matchup here. I do like Tulane to win this one. Being at home, I think is a big factor as well. They get their revenge from a few weeks ago here. So but I'll take you at UCF to cover that plus three, but the over of 57 and a half to hit. Now we go to the Mountain West, where we have eight and four Fresno State at Boise State, who's nine and three. Four o'clock on Fox. Boise State minus three and a half over under 51 and a half.
1: I am going to take the under, and I'm going to take Boise State minus three and a half. I have Boise State winning this game 24-17. I don't know why. I has got a feeling this game is going to be a slugfest. These are two teams that, you know, have been rumored a lot with, you know, the Pac-12 kind of in limbo about maybe getting invites to the uh, new Pac-12. Um, they've been kind of, you know, especially Boise State. I mean, Boise State's been the dominant group of five west of the Mississippi basically our entire
0: lives. Been like gonzaga of college football
1: they honestly are i even saw a tweet that the big 12 was talking about doing a football only thing with boise state to kind of like supplement gonzaga not having a football team it's funny okay. that you say that coil i don't know how much legs that had to it i know gonzaga going there is real but um you know this game at the blue turf i mean boise state just when you know Coyle, we watched that game at your house when we went to that Phillies game. They lost on the road to UTEP, and I listened to a uh, the barstool podcast uh, that weekend on the drive back, and it said Boise State's time as like a you know one of the elite mid majors is dead. They were like ripping Boise State, saying they're done, they're done, they're done. Well, they have a chance to go ten and three with another conference championship and potentially go 11-3 and three if they win their bowl game. So I think Boise State's doing just fine still. Um, they're definitely the most successful program, program in that conference. And uh, I think this is actually a pretty big rivalry game out in the Mountain West, I believe. I believe they play for, like, the oil drum or something like that. Um, give me the Broncos here. Big home environment. Um, shout out Boise State. And, you know, these uh, this is going to be a team that will be playing and using this at a national stage on Fox as kind of an audition tape going forward. Like, Hey, if you want us, we can support a power five team in this stadium.
0: Yeah. The, I think going back to what you were saying about Boise being so dominant, it's been impressive too, that they've had quite a few different coaches in there during that time as well. And they've still maintained this level of excellence. So big shout out to them. But I think, that level of excellence will not be on display this weekend. I'm going to take in my Fresno State Bulldogs here, 31-23. Fresno plus three and a half, over 51 and a half. Bulldogs have their star back. QB Jake Kaner was rumors that he was going to transfer to Washington. Good thing he didn't because Michael Penix has really lit it up all year. Um, but he was banged up at the beginning of the year. But since he got back into a lineup the last week of October, they have not lost. They've been playing their best ball. This guy can go out there and sling the ball all around the yard. This could be his last chance at a Mountain West title as he will be a senior or he is a senior this year. But who knows? He could have another year or two of eligibility with all these different things. But he has a chance to kind of cement himself as one of the three best quarterbacks in Fresno State history. That might not be saying much, but the other two are David and Derek Carr. Derek Carr, who's gone on to have a pretty successful NFL career. And David Carr was the former number one overall pick. So if you're going kind to of mention in those those guys' breath, that's a, a really nice career. And I think a Mountain West title would really cement him as one of the better players in program history there. Devontae Adams, Ryan uh, Matthews also went there, some other pretty good NFL players. So a uh, little history there for Fresno State. But I think he's the best player on the field, and I think he has something to prove in this one. I think that the Bulldogs find a way to win. They were a highly – Talked about team this offseason. He was never really healthy at the beginning of the year. Now that he's back and healthy, they've been rolling. I like them to catch Boise off guard a little bit here. Boise won the regular season matchup 40 to 20. Hainer was out of the lineup, though. Give me Fresno State 31. Boise 23. So Fresno plus 3.5 and, and over 51 and a half. All right. Last two games, we go to some more big boy games now. We go to the Big Ten. Really don't think there's much to say about this one, Joseph. You got eight and four Purdue. Credit to them. I thought that they coming into the year had a pretty good chance to be like a, around an eight and four, nine and three team. I had picked them. I remember week one to beat Penn state narrowly. lost that one, but they were able to turn around and have a, a pretty good year. Eight and four in the big 10 is still eight and four. I don't care what side you're on, but they now get to play number two, Michigan who dominated Ohio state last week at 12 and zero. eight o'clock on Fox, Michigan minus 16 over under 50 and a half.
1: I got Michigan winning this game. 35, 17. I mean, not much else to say. I mean, great season for Purdue. They listen. I don't care that they play in the Big Ten West. I don't care how bad the Big Ten West is. You won your division. You get a chance to play in the conference title game. Great season for Purdue. They're going to be in a bowl game. I feel like they're going to win their. Bowl. Like I know, obviously, no one thinks it's going to happen, but Purdue has a chance to win ten games. They would, you know, have to beat Michigan first, but they have a chance to play in the Rose Bowl if they win this game. It's crazy, like. If you told Purdue that, you know, their season, they'd finish eight and four, but they'd still make it to the conference title game. I think all the Purdue fans would kind of be, you know, ready to roll with that.
0: Boilermaker Um, faithful would be behind you.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Boilermakers, you know, get a chance to show out. The game is in Indianapolis. Purdue is in Indiana. I feel like you're going to have a better Purdue crowd than you think. I know Michigan travels well, but um, all last week said is just that Michigan's legit and that I was an idiot for doubting them. And I think they're going to prove that uh, this weekend, just like they did with Iowa last year. I remember thinking, oh, you know, never thought a conference title game would be a letdown spot, but they smoked Iowa. And I think they're going to just control this game against Purdue. And they're going to win this game pretty handily.
0: Yeah, that was my whole take going into last week's Michigan-Ohio State game. I remember I was like, I don't know if either of these teams is actually very good and I thought maybe they were kind of uh, walking a little bit through the through the season, just waiting for the big game in Michigan. Turned it on last week for sure. They impressed me a lot, especially in the second half. They just wore down Ohio State. I think they do the same thing to Purdue here, wear them out again. I'll go Michigan 35, Purdue 14, Michigan minus 16, over 50.5. I think last week's win, though, Michigan, it, it told me that they can compete with Georgia if they make it to the title game to face them. I don't think they'll – they will beat them necessarily, and I think they'll probably be a seven point underdog. But that running game they have is legit, and they have a stable of running backs, even with core out, They still did a bunch of damage. And you combine that with some timely throwing from JJ McCarthy, as well as the dual threat element that he brings to the table, that makes them really hard to defend. I think Purdue's just overmatched here. Michigan doesn't want to mess around either, they want to blow them out, give no reason to possibly fall in the standings or something. I think that they'll keep their foot on the gas pedal, they know they have a long few week rest coming up as they prepare for the the title game or the college football playoff. I think that they cover this spread pretty easily. So I like them 35-14 here. Uh, so that'll be Michigan minus 16. And then the, excuse me, under a 50 and a half hitting there with 49 total points. All right, last game that we will be breaking down for for the regular season or conference titles, whatever you want to call it. Bitter, bittersweet moment, but a, a pretty good Game to finish us off with that's the ACC title game number nine Clemson at 10 and two versus number 23 UNC who's nine and three. Eight o'clock on ABC uh, Clemson minus eight over under 61 and
1: a half. I mean, a game that if we went back a couple weeks ago had some serious juice that kind of just feels deflated here. Um, I'm going with Clemson 30 to 20 just because I think their defense is better. And I mean, North Carolina the last two weeks has looked like a special kind of awful, but you want to talk about special kind of awful. I mean, DJ went, I believe eight for 29 for 98 yards against South Carolina and like a pick like that's disgusting. That's you. He'll be in the transfer portal after the season because they're going to just get I think
0: he'll be in the transfer portal Sunday morning. Probably. Yeah.
1: This is going to be the club in show. And Dabo just keeps getting up there and defending him and. Oh, it's not DJ's fault we lost. Well, whose fault is it then, dude? Because he stinks. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how bad he is. I actually hate – I just trash Clemson. I'm still saying they're going to beat North Carolina by 10. But um, the committee keeping them at nine kind of scares me. Because if we have chaos here, Coyle, and they blow out North Carolina, there's going to be whispers about Clemson sneaking into the playoff. That's all I'm going to say. I don't think it should happen. But that's all I'm going to say.
0: Well, as as that happens, I get the Rothstein tweet. Clemson does not <laughs> foul, and Penn State ties the game and sends it to OT. <laughs> so that just could be some bad fortune there. I like UNC to win. I'm going to take them 38-35 here. UNC plus 8 over 61.5. Like you were saying, Joe, real disappointing end to the season, and I think a bad look for the ACC by both these teams. They really have had their uh, – wagon hitched i guess you could say to clemson for the past decade or so and now they've kind of faltered over these past two years i don't trust dj in a big spot and drake may sounds like he's going to be in conversation to be the number one pick with caleb williams so i think this is a big chance for him on the big stage there's going to be plenty of nfl scouts there in attendance to watch a lot of the guys on the mission that uh Clemson defensive line going up against a potential top overall pick, a quarterback next year. You're going to have a lot of eyeballs on this one. This is a big game for him to potentially catapult himself into being, you know, the guy heading into next season, especially if Caleb Williams has some struggles against Utah. I think we see the the end of DJ's time here at Clemson. Like I said, I think he could be in the transfer portal as early as Sunday morning. I think he kind of struggles in the first half and we get the Cade Klubnik show in the second half. That's my bold prediction. We see him, and we see him and Drake May kind of duel it out and what potentially could be a preview at next year's ACC title game between two really highly regarded quarterbacks. So I think UNC wins, and, and Clemson doesn't win the ACC for back-to-back years for the first time since I don't have the exact year, but for a, a pretty long time, they, they've really ran this conference under Dabo, especially in the whole run with Deshaun Watson, uh, Kelly Bryant thrown in there, uh, Trevor Lawrence, I almost forgot him as well. But uh, I, I think it's a bit of a changing of the guard here, and we see see the Tar Heels win this one. I like that plus, plus eight a lot and and definitely sprinkle some on the money line because I have them winning outright there. Last time I told you to sprinkle money line was South Carolina over Tennessee. so. Pat, pat myself on the back. All right, last two things, quick hitters. As usually we we pick some games outside of the realm for this, for our upset special and best bet. We can't do that just due to the lack of games this week. There are 11 games this week. There's also Buffalo-Akron. You want to touch on that, Joe, for your best bet?
1: Yes, I did it on purpose so we could talk. Coyle, it's funny you say that because as I'm looking at the slate, literally I think since we've started the show, a twelfth game has been added this week. Oh, with
0: Valpo, New Mexico State, right?
1: Yes, <laughs> Valpo, New Mexico State. I mean, New Mexico State had a game canceled earlier in the year because I believe there was a shooting at uh San Jose State, so they canceled the game. Or a football player passed away; he was in a car accident, or something like that.
0: Yeah, so it they're a making that a few game weeks up. No,
1: nah, that's what it was.
0: And New, New Mexico State, New Mexico State wins. They go bowling. I believe they. I remember seeing they filed an appeal.
1: Yeah, they'd finish six and six, so I believe they would go bowling. And that's why I pick Buffalo minus 11 and a half. They're five and six. They win this oh, wow. game, they're bowl eligible. And I mean, Akron, you're sitting there at two and nine. The game gets canceled because of snow. You think your season's over? Hey, guys, we're going to play Friday at one o'clock in the afternoon. And we're just going to go to Buffalo and we're <laughs> going to get our dicks kicked in. I mean, Akron is a bad football team. They always have been, I think, our entire lives. But they're also one of my favorite NCAA football dynasty teams to turn them around and eventually bring them into the Big Ten. But um, I'm going Buffalo here minus 11 and a half, just because of that reason. I don't know anything about the two teams. I just feel like if you're Buffalo, you know, you at least have a chance to play in a bowl game, and that's always a cool experience. But if you're Akron, you're you gotta be like fuck. Yeah. Like let let's just. Let's just end the season (laughs) this is terrible but uh that's kind of my only logic behind it i'm gonna put you know 10 bucks on it i'm gonna still be at at working at Berwick elementary school that day so i'll get to check that game throughout the rest of my day there um and uh my upset pick uh just for the official record i have ohio over toledo they were plus 106 on the money line i know not that great Uh, i just don't have a lot of faith in the underdogs this week
0: all right, uh, my upset of the week, uh, already touched on this. I'm going to go with Fresno State. They're plus, 30, uh, plus 135 as their a half dogs right here. I like that. At plus 135, like I was talking about with Jake Hayner, I think he's the best player on the field this week. I think he's got something to prove. And with him healthy and in the lineup, the Bulldogs are a different team. They avenged that loss from, uh, from Boise State earlier in the year. And then my best bet, last and final one of our, I guess, regular season show, Sad moment typing that, typing those numbers in, but that's under 47 and a half in the Troy Coastal game. Troy has played two games this year where they won 10-9 and 10-6. Coastal is without their star quarterback who helps them really move the ball. Troy, very good defensive team. I don't think Coastal will be able to move the ball. I had that, I believe, 20 to 13 was my pick in that one. Even if that game is like a 24 17 ish type type of affair you're you're still hitting there so under 47 and a half not the biggest number but i think troy's defense comes to play and coastal missing their best player obviously obviously is going to affect that but that'll do it for the college football conference title show bittersweet episode but next thursday we'll be coming back at you with college basketball where we'll be breaking down the best 10 games of the weekend from friday to sunday so been a, a fun season here we still have our playoff preview as well as our national title preview to get into but any closing remarks before we head out on, on another season here joe
1: no i mean we'll see you next week for college basketball one thing i will say because we won't have a show next week for it i don't care what the spread is i'm taking army over navy that is my pick
0: we'll break it all. down on the, we'll break it down on the college basketball show that's fantastic <laughs> All right, well, uh, we will talk to everyone next week as we transition into college basketball. Enjoy the conference title games. We, We should be in store for some good ones. Make sure to fade our picks, and we will talk next season, I guess.